unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changed the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and set it up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Verse number 22, the Bible says, He revealed the deep and the secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desire of thee. But thou hast known has now made known unto us the king's matter. Verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king had demanded, cannot the wise men, the astrologers and the magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the king? But there is a God in heaven that revealed secrets Make it known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the latter days, thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. I want to talk on the subject that is titled this morning, When Life Goes Sideways. When life goes sideways, or when life takes a turn, or when life takes a turn for the worse, or when life goes in a direction that you did not plan for, to scripturally and biblically understand our reading this morning, we have to back up to chapter 1. To get the backdrop to chapter 2. In chapter 1, Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, y'all remember them, had been stripped from their Hebrew culture, their Hebrew history and background. These four young individuals, even their names had been changed. These children, these Young men of God were compelled to take on a new society. They had to learn a new language. They had to learn a new culture. These young Hebrew men were invited to come one day and eat at the king's table and partake of the king's food. It was then that Daniel and the three made it known that they were not going to defile their bodies with such a meal. It was then that they requested to eat vegetables for 10 days. Their appearances was fairer. Their bodies were fatter than those who partook of the king's food. These four young men took a chance 
they took risk, but God was by their side. Young people, when you put it all on the line for God, he will surely see you through. And just because you are young don't mean you can't have strong faith. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys proved to us that in spite of their youth, they still had trust and strong faith in the God of heaven. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, you remember verse 1, don't you? Remember now, thy creator, in the days of thy youth. God wants young people, boys and girls, adolescents, teenagers, college students, uh, to remember him while being young uh, by giving him your body. Hello, somebody. By giving God your mind. By turning over your soul to God. By giving him your strength. So that when you get old and if you keep living, one day you'll get old. If you keep getting up in the morning, uh, one day you'll get old. Uh, and when you get old, the Lord uh, can remember who you are. When you sell out on the world and buy in to God, no telling where you'll end up with God in life. These young men came to Babylon as peasants. As slaves, now they have been promoted to prime ministers. In the beginning, things starts off all right. I mean, in life in the beginning, it's amazing how things start off all right. But as it is as Christians, things start off straight. But then things in life quickly goes sideways. In chapter 2, Things began to go sideways. It was now that their lives were in danger. Everything they stood on is now going to be tested. I stopped by today to tell you, if you're a child of God and you keep living, one of these days your faith is going to get tested. You know the story. The king Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he calls in all the magicians. He calls in all of the astrologers. He calls in all of the sorcerers. He calls in all of the Chaldeans so they can interpret his dream. And it was, and it was then that after he had congregated the wise men that the Chaldeans spoke up. The Chaldeans spake and said to the king, O king, live forever. Now tell us your dream. The king would say to the Chaldeans, well, that's part of the problem. I forgot what my dream was. So I need you not only to tell me what I dream, but I also need you to tell me the interpretation of the dream. Now wise men, let me be emphatically clear with you. If you fail to give me the dream, along with its interpretation, you will be cut into pieces and your homes shall become wastelands. Oh, somebody said, well, the king was harsh. Well, the king put it out like this because the king says, well, if you are magicians, if you are astrologers, 
if you are sorcerers, if you, if you for real, the king says, I don't need to tell you what my dream is. You magicians, I don't need to tell you what I dreamt on last night or whenever I dreamt the dream. You you already supposed to know what I dream. And it was then that the king said, I know what you all are trying to do. You are trying to buy some time. If you don't tell me right now, you and all the wise men that are in Babylon are going to die. Now, y'all, I need y'all to know that all of the wise men in Babylon included Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. The wise men said, O king, there is not a man alive who can do such a thing. And no king have ever asked such a difficult thing before. Only the gods can answer such a thing, but the problem with that is that the gods don't deal with human flesh. It was then that they had come to even get Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. When Daniel asked one in charge, why is this so urgent? And he gave Daniel the answer. And Daniel went in and spake to the king and he said, ask the king to give him more time. And Daniel said, oh king, if you give me more time, I'll get that answer that you're looking for. Now Daniel has been, remember, promoted to prime minister. He has been given position and prestige. And then life took its turn. Life will take its turn on y'all, I'm telling you. When you least expect it, life will take a turn on you. Life is going good, and then it goes sideways. Somebody say, happy wife, happy life. But sometimes that'll go sideways on you. Health is good, but then it goes sideways. No, no, no baby mama drama. Baby mama drama is under control, but then even that goes sideways. You got a good steady nine to five. You put your trust in your J-O-B. And then one day it even goes sideways. Money is coming. And we're stacking up high. And then life goes sideways. Mama falls sick. Daddy falls sick. Somebody gots to take care of them. Life will go sideways. You have retired from your work, but you have to come out of retirement to help your kids take care of their kids so the kids won't have an early retirement in the graveyard. Life will go sideways on you, even though you are Christians, even though you are members of the Church of Christ, even though you have been justified, even though you have been redeemed, even though you read your Bible, even though you are a prayer warrior, does not mean that life won't go sideways on you. Just because you know the Lord and the Lord knows you, just because you come to church every Sunday doesn't mean that you can't have bad day. It doesn't mean stuff can't go wrong. It doesn't mean things can't get out of control. 
it doesn't mean things can't get out of hand. It is just a pause in the clause because God is still on the throne. It is still known to us that we need to know that God is still a good God. And it might not be the day that I planned for, but God was still in my plans. Every day won't be cookies and cream. In life, we have to just learn to live with the sun and with the rain. Because if it's not one thing, the old folk from Ville Platte would say, it's another thing. Today, it might be your right leg that hurts. I wish I had a church this morning. Tomorrow might be the left leg. If it's not your legs, it's your arms. If it's not your arms, it's your feet. I wish I had a church this morning. Uh, if it's not your feet, it's your back. If it's not your back, it's your head. If it's not your head, it's a flat tire when you got up in the morning. If it's not a flat tire, it's unexpected call from the schoolhouse. Say, come down here, Dad. Your son is acting out. If it's not your children, it's an argument with your spouse. If it's not your spouse, it's that you got news that your best friend has passed away. Life will take a turn on you. Life will go sideways. Even when you're holding the wheel straight. But Daniel, in a position of prestige, and now the king has signed the decree to put all the wise men to debt. Now what? Huh? Now what? When life goes sideways on you, now what? Don't, don't be shocked when life goes sideways. We live in this thing called life. Life is expected to go sideways. But when life goes sideways, now what? When life goes sideways, now what? Now that you know the what, tell us the how. What happened? Well, life went sideways. When did it happen? You just never know. Life is uncertain, and things happen unexpectedly. Well, you know the what and the when, but why does it happen? I'll tell you, so we can fall victim to God's purpose. So we can get the victory to God through God's providence and through God's power. How do we deal with it? That's the million dollar question on the floor. How do we deal with it when life goes sideways? The answer is not in sex. Hello, somebody. I sure enough thought I was going to get a three amens right here from the corner. Right up in here, right here. There's three of them right up in here. It's not in sex. The answer is not in clubs. The answer is not in hip hop. The answer is not in Bud Light and in Budweiser. It is not in sipping on gin and juice. I wish I had Snoop up in here this morning. I just wish I had Snoop up in here. The answer is not found in marijuana. 
puff, puff, pass, puff, puff. The answer is not found in Google search. There are some stuff Google can't answer. Y'all not going to help a preach. I wish I had some. Response number one. Let me give you this thing here. Response number one. How did Daniel respond? How did he respond? How did Daniel respond? Number one. Daniel goes to his friends. Y'all listening this morning? I said Daniel goes to his friends. He didn't go to the other wise men. He did not go to the other astrologers. Daniel went to his three friends. Daniel goes to some familiar faces. He goes to people who are in his inner circle. He goes to people who are connected to him. But most of all, he goes to individuals who are connected to God. When life goes sideways on you, the first thing you ought to do is go to people who know the Lord. Daniel says to them, Bible says Daniel went over to his house. While he walked in his house, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was up in there. Daniel said to Shadrach, Mego, uh, Abednego, and he tells the three Hebrew boys, he says, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. I, I, I want you to stop what you're doing now. And I need y'all to go into prayer with me right now. Listen, when the situation is too big for you to handle, whenever it is out of your reach, whenever it is out of your control, whenever it is too heavy to carry, you got to take it to somebody who's able. God is able. Some of us are so techno-savvy. That we don't even bring a Bible to church anymore. Y'all not going to say amen. It's all right. We told, we're so techno savvy. We don't even bring a Bible no more. I got mine. It's all falling. It's falling to pieces. But I still bring it. I still bring it. We are so caught up into the internet. Some of us are Googling even while Brother Vilks is preaching. Searching the web. Shooting text messages. Checking your email. And you are doing it in God's face. On God's time. When all your heart and all your mind and all your strength should be given to God in worship. Oh, how disrespectful some of us are in the house of the great king of heaven. If we turn off the light this morning, people's faces would be lit up. Not because of the Holy Spirit of God that is in your life. But from the light of your iPhone, your iPad, and your Android this morning. There are some that are not, there are some things that are not found at church online. There are some answers not found in Google search, but found on the prayer line. You have got to find you some folk. What is two, three, or four people who are connected to God and who cares for your life? And ask, let, let me say this. Look, everybody you associate yourself with, don't tell nobody. Please don't be hurt this morning. They don't all care for you. I hate to bust your little bubble, but, but they don't all care for you. 
I know you think they care for you, but let me tell you, they don't all care for you. Matter of fact, they don't care if you leave this world tomorrow. There are some folk who simply who don't just care for you. There are some folk who are in your life because it is convenient for them. They don't care for you. I want some folk who care for me. And ask them to go to God on my behalf. Give me some people who know how to pray. Give me some folk who know there's power in prayer. Give me some saints who have faith in God's hands to move mountains out of my path. Give me some justified people who have trust in God through the valley of trials, trouble, and tribulation. Can I say something this morning? Sometimes you can't handle what life throws at you. Hospitals have doctors, but God got the power. Medical clinics have nurses, but God got the power. Pharmacies have medicines, but God got the power. God has the power not only in some things, but he got it in all things. Jesus says, I got all power in heaven and on the earth. There's power in prayer. And anytime you need God, you ought to call him up with one friend. Call him up with two friends. Call him up with three or four friends. But there's power in prayer. You know, I need some help here. Help me understand. Help me understand. Y'all on the line, everybody's focused. Help me understand this. Please help me. Why is it we have people who are members of the Lord's church? Is it God's church, the family? This is the household of God, the church, the righteous. Amen? Why is it then when our lives are caught in hell and high water, why are we so afraid to tell people our business in the church? Why are we so private? Why are we so secret? Why we keep our business to ourselves? Why we keep our problems, our worries, our struggles? Do you know some people are struggling right now? Y'all do know that, don't you? We keep our business, our problems, our worries, our anxieties, our struggles, our pains, our injuries, our fears to ourselves. We are having problems in our marriages and we don't want to tell nobody at all. We are suffering uh, with drugs, uh, pornography, 
and having hard times with our children, with your sons and your daughters, and you got a son or a daughter who left home and don't want to come back. We are supposed to be family in the church, but we struggle. We got pain. We got problems, but we are afraid to tell each other what we're dealing with. And we all expect to go to heaven one day. But how are we going to live in heaven intimately where we can't be imp intimate with each other down here? Let me tell you something. Don't tell nobody. You can't be the best you until you become vulnerable with people who are closest to you. Y'all don't mind if I just come down. Do you mind if I come down? Now, it's, this, this is the time where you, because you can't go to the second level of ministry when you are afraid to tell somebody that you, you're suffering and dealing with some stuff. I mean, it makes me scratch my head. That you're in the church, you're in God's house. This is the family of God. You are supposed to be able to expose your weaknesses to each other. The Bible says that you ought to confess your faults one to another. When the last time you call a brother or a sister up and told that brother and sister that you got a weakness and you confess it to that brother or sister and you ask the brother or sister, if you don't mind, can you pray for me? Ooh, I wish I had somebody here. I wish I had somebody here. Why is it that when you and your husband, you and your wife ain't on speaking, and you try to play these games, uh, you don't talk in the four corners of your house, but you try to come to the church house and make it seem like everything all right. But when you get back in the car, you go back to not talking to each other, but you put up a front up in here. And you don't want nobody to know your biswick in the church. You and your oldest child just had an argument. She left with her bags. She's staying at a friend's house. She told you she ain't never coming back, but you don't have the faith and the trust in God and his church to stand up and to tell the folk, listen, I'm having some issues with my oldest child. If y'all don't mind, can y'all go to God on our behalf? Ooh, why would I... Well, I thought this was the church. Isn't this the church? I thought this was the church of Christ. This is what I thought it was. You got issues. You got problems. You got struggles. You're facing your issues by yourself each and every day. But you come to worship God every Sunday. But you don't have the courage to stand up and tell somebody what you're dealing with. I might well take my suit off and go put my, my warm-ups and go to the gym and do something because y'all ain't going to act right. Why are we so closed? Why are we so closed? Some of y'all closed-minded right now. Why are you so closed in the early church? 
they brought it to each other. You look in the, in the, in the book of Acts, you watch and see how much they prayed for each other. When somebody went to prison, they didn't keep that stuff to themselves. They said, hey, I got somebody in prison. I need y'all to pray for him or pray for her. We keep that shut off and closed off. Some of y'all done been to jail throughout the week. Domestic violence. Y'all don't have to say amen. I know what I'm talking about. You done had something between the Sunday and the Sunday. Ain't nobody else in the church might know about it but y'all and the three neighbors around your house and the God upstairs. I wish I had a church up in here, Brother Wilson. We're so closed. We're so shut off. And we shut off from each other. And sometimes the people that can help you most are the folk who sit down the closest to you on Sunday morning in worship. You know why they can help you? Because he's been there and done that. <laughs> he done been to jail in the middle of the week. Okay, my Bible is here. I don't need to go back up there. It's he done had a child who tried to fight him in his own house. I wish I had a church this morning. Huh? Would a daddy have to almost catch him by the throat? And the mama want to catch the daddy by the throat. And you got an internal battle in the house. Hmm. But we don't say nothing here. I know what you say. But, Bill, you can't tell everybody. All the, I ain't telling you to tell everybody. I'm telling you to tell the church. Some of y'all don't even have trust in the church. I'm talking about their prayers. Their experiences of life. You know if you take some of these old folk here. And just talk to them. You know they'll help you get out of some stuff. <laughs> if you just talk to them, they'll say, nah, okay, all right, I, I, I feel you. I, and some of the older folk need to tell you, I know exactly what, you, what you're talking about. Because I dealt with that same thing about my uh, eight-year marriage, ninth-year, tenth year. I, I know exactly what you are. And tell you, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Amen, somebody. Children don't come to worship with you. You know why? Because the child don't can't stand the mom and the daddy. <laughs> Some of y'all broke, ain't got no money, and you're too proud to beg. You're three months behind. You're sinking. Some of y'all sinking financially. Some of y'all sinking emotionally. Some of y'all sinking spiritually. And you won't cry out for no help. God has positioned all of us to be in the church. We got everything we need in the church. If you only open up your mouth. He said you have it not because you ask not. And he said I'm not going to to you because the motive what you wanted for ain't right. I just want I, I, I just I just I just want I just say you know all these problems we got 
and we won't tell the church. We won't stand up, man. This, this, we should. Have, our list should be long on Sunday morning. Pray for this because I pray for that. Why our list so short? Huh? I mean, really? I mean, is it is it just me? Huh? Some, maybe there's something wrong with me. But we should have a long list of Thanksgiving. Praise, forgiveness of sins, shortcomings, weaknesses, desires, protection for health, our minds, for people who have walked out of our lives, for broken relationships, for injuries and hurts in our spirits and in our lives. Why our list are so short? Our brothers should still be praying right now. But we so spiritually out of shape. We got short song services, short sermons, short prayers, short communion services. Everything is short. We want to just get up, get in, and get on out of here. Nobody want to spend no time with the Lord. Are y'all listening to me? Ain't nobody want to spend no time with the Lord, but we want to spend eternity with him in glory. I'm going to quit right there. Don't quit right there. When life goes sideways on you, and all God, and listen, the first thing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel do, they, they pray. That's the first thing he does, pray. He said to God, listen, <laughs> now, the three Hebrew boys had interest in that because if Daniel didn't come back with the answer, guess what? They're going to die. And they all go to, and, and when you read the text, you'll find the first thing they do is pray. Guess what? Don't tell nobody. God gave him what he needed. God told him what the dream was. Then God told Daniel what the interpretation was. Daniel prayed and his three closest friends. You should have some friends in your life who know the Lord. Some of y'all got best friends. They don't know the Lord. Amen anyhow. My best friends all know the Lord. Amen, somebody. And we need some people in our lives who know God. You're going to need their prayers. <laughs> You're going to need their prayers. You're going to need somebody to talk to. That's why God gave us each other. They prayed. You shouldn't be afraid. To ask somebody to pray for you. Daniel came up and he said, hey, fellas. He said, stop what you're doing. Fall on your knees. Let's talk to God. He said, we need to talk to him. Them Hebrew boys didn't question him. Well, man, well, what's, well, what's going on? Well, what's the deal? You know, what you been doing? Listen, church folk. When people come to you to ask you to pray for them, stop trying to investigate people's problems. Stop trying to investigate people's problems. Well, what you did? Well, why are you doing that? Well, I can't believe. Pray for the brother. And you get around to a counseling session two weeks from down the line or somewhere. But right now, he's asking you to what? Pray for him. We want to investigate, turn over every rock, look through every quack. Well, bro, I can't believe you did that. You, not you, Sister Ball, not you. Why not me? 
my question to you is, why not me? <laughs> pray for the brother. Sister, come to you. Sister, girls, and ask you to pray for him. Pray for her. Pray for her. She's telling you she's struggling with some things in her life. She got some weaknesses in her life. Pray for her. Constant session, maybe the next day. But right now, she need prayer. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. You need some friends who know the Lord where you can pray to them. The first thing they do is pray. The second thing they do is praise God. The third thing they do is promote him. All found in the text. If God answers your prayers, you got to praise him for that. When he answers your prayers, you have to promote him. and Make him known to everybody and tell him, listen, I am where I am today, not because of myself and not because of my own strength, not because of my smarts, but it's because of my God. Why when we are in a public place and we hear people chit-chatting about the Lord, why we stay out of the conversation? That's your conversation. I just ease my way in it sometimes, you know. Sometimes the conversation is all backwards and upside down. You know, they got it all twisted. But that's all right. That's why you there. To straighten it out a little bit. Now, you, ain't, you can't convert nobody right there on the scene all the time, but you can sure share a word with them. Huh? They're talking about this. All you got to do is say, I heard you said something. You know, have you ever heard about this? Huh? You just got to put your little put your little two cents in it. But we'll be in a public conversation or in a public area, hear folk talk about our God and won't say a word about life will go sideways on you. They have some folk today who need to become a child of God. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. This is what you do in order to be saved. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. I'm not going to take no oil and put it on your head. Mm -mm. You won't get salvation. You might feel comfort. Your head might feel at ease, but you're not going to be saved. I want to know what do I do to wash away my sins. I want to be sin free. I want to know what I need to do to become a part of the family of God, his church. I want to know what does the Bible say. The first thing you got to do is hear the glorious gospel. I got to believe that Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I have to believe that with all of my heart. I have to have faith in God. I have to be willing to repent of my sins, uh, turn away from those things that are wrong, uh, and begin to turn to those things that are pleasing to God. And I must confess, Jesus is the son of the living God. And then I must be buried in the liquid tomb of water baptism. Uh, we'll baptize you for the remission of your sins, uh, and God will put you in Christ, and you become a part of the church of Christ. That's easy, isn't it? I mean, ain't nothing hard about that. We're not asking you to run two and a half miles. We're not asking you to bench 400 pounds. We're not asking you for a million dollars. All God wants is your heart. And he says today, if you'll be baptized for your sins, he'll add you to his church. Live faithful unto death. Heaven will be your home. And then there are others who are in the church, but you stand in need of prayer. If that's your desire today, why don't you come as together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Mm -hmm.